That's Casting Crowns on this Wednesday morning. It's 7 o'clock here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Zach Williams, less like me. May that be our prayer today, that we would be less like me and more like Jesus. Mitchell John up next. Put a little love in your heart. Today our good news verse comes from Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk also in the Spirit. That's our good news today from Galatians 5.25. I wonder this morning, is it possible to give too much love? Is it possible to do too much for others? I don't think it is, folks. No, I don't think it's possible to do too much 
for those around us. I'm going to refresh this song. We're going to hear it again as we do our devotional this morning. Good morning to you. Four minutes past the hour, Dr. Dobson's devotional titled, I Deserve It. Well, that's different than what Mitchell John just said, isn't it? Put a little love in your heart and do for others. That doesn't say I deserve it, does it? No. That sinful nature, sometimes it rears itself up in the form of a thought that says, I deserve more. Have you ever felt that way before? It leads us to demand the best deal, the lion's share, the most credit, the finest of everything. And even from the earliest of childhood, as we have seen, our impulse is to focus on ourselves and disregard the need of others. And yes, this I deserve it attitude can permeate in every area of our lives, even marriages. Resentment can build over who works the hardest in marriage or in your coworkers' relationships with your colleagues. Who spends more of his or her share of the money? Who is not doing enough to serve the other? Anger then erupts over insignificant irritants that bubble up from the cauldron of emotions. Many fights and marriages begin with the belief that we've been cheated in the relationship. We've been done wrong. I deserve more. Beware of this trap. The minute we begin thinking that we are entitled to more, we start down the slippery slope of selfishness. It can devastate relationships. Think about it, folks. Jesus didn't deserve to be nailed to a cross, did he? No, but out of love for the Father and love for us, he allowed himself to be crucified. And this kind of sacrificial love, listen to this, seeks to serve, not deserve. And that changes everything. So just between us, don't tell anybody. What do you believe you truly feel in this life? Do you sometimes feel that you're not getting what you deserve out of life? Lord, help us today. Forgive us of an entitlement mentality. Forgive us of where we've felt like we deserve more. Lord, you owe us. Oh, God, forgive us today. Help us to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name. Aren't you thankful for folks that are giving? I tell you, somebody that's giving, Anthony and Crystal Banks, they're giving. They're giving back to the Lord here in the Delta. Sent out by First Baptist Church of Marion to plant New Beginnings Church in Marion. Pray that souls would be saved. Pray for their leadership team. Pray for Anthony and his family. Ask God to give Anthony wisdom and direction as he seeks potential planters in the Delta. Boy, I tell you what, I'm glad God hadn't forgotten us in the Delta, aren't you? I'm glad God's up to something. He's up to something greater, isn't he? And it begins with me, and it begins with you. Put in a little love in our heart. Mercy me, up next, something greater. Seven minutes past the hour here on the Community Prayer Time Network. your name you will always be much more to me 
Well, let me take a moment to remind you about the wonderful opportunity that Second Baptist Church in West Helena, Arkansas is offering. They are giving away many turkeys, first come, first serve basis, November the 18th at 6 o'clock, one day revival and Thanksgiving turkey giveaway. And if you'd like one of those turkeys, make sure you go by, visit with Pastor Jarvis Smith and the good folks over at Second Baptist Church in West Helena, Arkansas. Our good news verse today, Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. 
Galatians 5.25, our good news today from God's Word. Looking at your weather forecast here in the eastern Arkansas Delta, a lot of fog out there this morning, so be careful as you're driving on your way to work or school or maybe even to the doctor. going to be mostly sunny throughout the rest of the day, clouds building in the early evening hours, a little bit after 4 o'clock. Highs today reaching into the lower 70s, and tonight lows getting down to the 50s with about a 40% chance of rain. Going to be bringing a cold front in later on this week. Tomorrow, 60% chance of rain going into Friday and Saturday. Friday temperatures, lows Friday into Saturday morning going to be about 39 degrees. Let's hear from Pastor Greg Mott. Our prayer time coming up in about two minutes. Text our 24-hour text line if you have a prayer need, 870-205-0600. Again, that's 870-205-0600. Good Wednesday morning. Hi, this is Pastor Greg Mott with your Difference Maker Moment. There's a famous saying of, you are what you eat. It reminds us that what we eat affects our bodies for good or bad. Most of us don't really pay attention to what we eat. As long as it satisfies our stomach, we're happy as we can be. Well, the same thing can happen with our souls. When we eat of sin, it might satisfy us at first, but in the long run, it becomes spiritual poison. Sin destroys our lives. It messes with the intimacy that we have with God. It numbs us to the true solution to our problems. But I want you to know there's a perfect meal. It's the bread of life. It's the living water, and it's found in Jesus Christ. It nourishes our lives with wisdom and comforts us with God's love. It fills us with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life, and whoever believes in me will never thirst again. Fill your soul with the perfect meal daily, the bread of life and the living water of Jesus Christ. For more about Pastor Greg Mott and how to be a difference maker, visit BeADifferenceMaker.org. This is Lighten Up, brought to you by Compassion International. Lighten Up is a moment to brighten your day and encourage your faith in Jesus. I'm Dr. Wes Stafford, on behalf of Compassion, inviting you to eavesdrop as author, speaker, comedian, and impatient patient Ken Davis shares his doctor's waiting room technique. It helps. If you want to get in, it helps to have a huge lump right here. And so the, I went into the doctor. He looked at me, and he said, I have never seen in all of my practice such a major sinus infection in my entire life. I have never seen anything like this. He said, I'm going to give you two things. I'm going to give you a, a shot of um, this. I'm going to give you a shot of disinfectant. And then I am going to give you a... Antibiotic. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> hey, nurse, bring that Lysol. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you needed a shot of Lysol? You, you know that feeling you get when you've walked too close to the line or even crossed over? You feel dirty and guilty, and sometimes you even listen to the accuser who tells you that you can't go into God's presence anymore. That's a lie, you know. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Spiritual Lysol, I'm Ken Davis. Lighten up and live. This program is made possible by Compassion International. If you would like to know how you can help... This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for David Neal, Director of the Executive Office for Immigration Review at the United States Department of Justice. His office oversees the nation's immigration courts. Amos 524 reminds us of the importance of justice. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for David Neal in his work with our country's immigration courts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. And we'd like to say good morning to you on this Wednesday morning, the 10th day of November, 10th day of the month, and we join together once again with our community prayer family. Thank you for tuning in here on the Community Prayer Time Network, our weekday prayer time, Monday through Thursdays, 7.15 Central Standard Time, somewhere around that area, and we'd love for you to join with us each and every day. Just set an alarm on your phone. And, of course, the programming and music here on the Community Prayer Time Network, 24 hours a day, available on the app Live 365. Search for Community Prayer Time Network. Add us to your favorites list. We would appreciate that. And you can also listen on your desktop browser at communityprayertime.org. If you've got any questions or if you'd like to know the programming schedule or any other inquiries you can contact our 24-hour text prayer line 870-205-0600 and every day that we begin our prayer time we begin praying for our local ministries churches and pastors and their wives we pray for our deacons and their wives ministry teams small group leaders discipleship group leaders sunday school teachers a lot of different ministry opportunities, student ministries, children's ministries, bus ministries, food pantries, medical teams, mission teams. A lot of things are happening right now as we speak. I did a great interview yesterday with Brother Rick Groover, Global Impact Missions, G-I-M-I, and serving throughout the continent of Africa. A lot of great things. I can't wait to share that interview with you on Friday morning. And I hope you'll join with us a few minutes past 7 o'clock. Our Friday's featured guest, Brother Rick Groover, missionary and missions director to Africa. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've blessed us to be able to walk in your spirit. If we live in your spirit, let us also walk in your spirit. Guide us today in all truth, wisdom, knowledge, 
discernment and understanding. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Lord, we pray for all of our local churches and pastors this morning and their wives that are standing with them, serving alongside them, our church planting pastors, our missionaries. We pray this morning for the Christian Law Association, our legal attorneys that are advising and counseling with pastors and ministries, Christian business owners. Lord, we lift up this ministry today. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you for the work that's being done here in the Delta, here across the state of Arkansas. Thank you for what you're doing in our country. Thank you for using us, Lord. Help us today to follow you in Jesus' name. We know that you direct our steps. Help us in Jesus' name. Well, this morning, one of our ministries that we want to highlight the Arkansas Baptist State Convention Missions Team is doing a great work of church planting across the state of Arkansas and a lot of focus keying in on the Delta. We want to thank them for the great work that they're accomplishing. Today we're praying for Anthony and Crystal Banks. They're sent out of First Baptist Church of Marion to plant New Beginnings Church in Marion. And if you check out my website, uh, on Facebook, you'll find that information there, and they are doing a great work. I got to listen to some of the preaching. Oh, my soul, I wanted to get some of those clips and share them with you this morning, and i tell you what I'm going to do during the 8 o'clock hour after Dr. Rogers' Love Worth Finding program, I'm going to get one of those clips and let you listen to one of our illustrious church planting pastors, Brother Anthony Banks. You're going to hear some of his preaching in the 8 o'clock hour, and uh, yesterday we had the privilege of praying for Francisco Jose Gomez and uh, Sister Maria and the great work that they're doing in the Little Rock area, Alexandra area, and I want to join in prayer with them. I want to join in prayer with them, and I want to invite you to join me as well. They're praying that they can give 200 children Christmas this year and they want to give gifts to those families but not only do they want to give them tangible gifts they want to give them the greatest gift ever given the good news of Jesus would you join with me this morning as we pray for these missions father we pray for Anthony Banks today and his wife we pray for their family Lord we pray that every resource that they need would be provided Thank you for the vision and the heart that you've given to them, for Marion, and to the pastor there at First Baptist Marion. Lord, the partnership, that's what cooperative work is all about. Thank you, Jesus. May souls be saved, lives be changed for eternity. Marriages mended, broken homes put back together. May the enemy fall of his own devices. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Do a mighty work. We pray for Brother Gomez today. Help them. Help them to see fruit for their labor. Help partners like us to partner with them. Not only in prayer, but even helping provide these gifts. Lord, all of this costs money. And there's a shortage of gifts this year, isn't there, folks? So we want to pray for that need. Well, continue to pray this morning for... 
Mr. Henry dealing with cancer. Lord, we lift him up to you. We pray that you would help Mr. Henry today. Can I tell you something? Can I just be honest with you this morning? I tell you, I'm thankful for the people that God's put in my life. I love going by and visiting with Mr. Henry every time I go. Now, you don't tell him this. He'd be upset with you if you told him. (laughs) He wouldn't be upset with me. He'd be upset with you. I really do. Now, I mean this with all my heart, folks. I love going over to his home every time that I go over there. He's got tears running down his eyes. And I don't know what God is speaking into his heart while I'm there and when I leave and even before I come. But would you pray for Mr. Henry? To be at his age, but then to have cancer and so many other complications on top of it, you pray for him today. Pray for him. Pray for another special friend whose biopsy came back positive for breast cancer. And this listener says she needs all of our prayers as she has a lot of people who depend upon her. Lord, lift this one up today. Special request comes in uh, one of our local pastor's wives, their grandson, Cooper, is going to be going to Cincinnati next week. He's going to be having some surgery and some procedures done and just got an update that he has the crud and they really need to get this cleared up because if he has issues, it's not COVID, uh, that's already run through and they've got that test done, it's back, everything looks good there, last report that I got, but if they don't get this sinus infection or whatever it is, if they don't get it cleared up, it's going to hinder the process of moving forward. So Lord, we pray for Cooper right now. And we pray that you would please touch his body. Lord, we we know Cooper has really had a journey in his life, a feeding tube and I mean just a baby. Uh, from birth, Lord, he's had so many challenges stacked against him, but we pray for him today. We lift him up to you. Brian, I don't know if you're listening this morning. Have you got an update on Chad Coleman? We've been praying for Chad now for quite some time. And last night as I was going through this and praying for different needs, Chad Coleman come across my mind. And I tell you, we want to continue to pray for him. Let me take just a moment. I want to share with you, if you're tuning in with us, thank you for joining here on the Community Prayer Time. Our prayer family joins together every weekday, Monday through Thursday. And then we have a Friday's featured guest on Friday mornings. But every day at 7.15 in the morning, Central Time, we join together in prayer. And I just want to share a few of the praise reports. I've gone back, and I know some of you probably have some additions, and I need your help on this, okay? We've seen God do some great things. We really have. Through our prayer family, God has answered prayer And uh, just to give you a couple of updates of answered prayers, uh, back in April, we were praying for Felicia's mom, and she was diagnosed with brain cancer. Now listen to this, the most aggressive form of brain cancer. And on September the 30th, 
just recently, a few weeks ago. We saw a picture on Facebook. And she was participating in a bell ringing ceremony. You know what that means, don't you? She had her last treatment of cancer. Oh, Lord, thank you. That's what it's all about, folks. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. You know why? Because we want Felicia's mother to know the greatest news ever. We want her to know about Jesus. And we're continuing to pray that she would see Jesus lifted up in her life, come to know him as her personal Lord and Savior. Let me give you another one. A dad who received a pacemaker and through the opportunities that God's given us, not long after he got that pacemaker, he passed away and I had the privilege of preaching his funeral. Another who was dealing with cancer had the privilege of preaching that funeral. Listen to this. Mark Hamner. Many of you know Mark. Oh, Mark's been a great friend to so many different people and such a blessing. He's the police, uh, not police chief, fire chief over in Brinkley. And he was sick in the hospital back in March. And just miraculously, God allowed him to go home. And he's working. He's active. He's physically doing well. And we want to thank God for that this morning. Another whose listener, another listener whose daughter had to go get a mammogram. And we prayed specifically to that need. And you know what? The mammogram came back as negative. Thank you, Lord. Another who had stage four cancer passed away on Friday and we were able to pray for her. This was a homegoing. She overcame cancer as God brought her home. And yesterday they had the funeral. And you know what? I, I know this for a fact. The gospel was preached yesterday. Yes, it was. And then we remember praying for one back in May who had a motorcycle accident. A lot of bad situations going on with that. Bad conditions. But you know what? He's home now. He's doing well. Another that we were praying for for their salvation, a brother-in-law and a nephew. A brother-in-law and a nephew that needed to know the Lord. You know what I got to do? About a week and a half ago, I got to preach the gospel to that brother-in-law and nephew. I sure did. Another who got saved. And you know what? She got saved about three months ago. And you know where she was this past Sunday morning? She was on the back row here at First Baptist Church of Lambrook. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't God good, folks? Let me give you one more. This is good stuff. This is reminding you of what God's done. We were praying. Well, let me give you two more. We were praying for one that had to go to the doctor. She had issues with her mouth. And she thought it was cancer. And come to find out it wasn't. It was an allergy. Thank you, Lord. And we prayed for a niece recently on November the 1st. And November the 3rd, she had an interview. 
and we found out that she got the job. God's doing some good things. Pray for another right now that's dealing with cancer. They're waiting for a follow-up appointment with the doctor. They're trying to get some consultation and find out what the next steps are going to be. Pray for one dealing with COVID-19. Pray for Peggy has COVID-19. Scotty has COVID-19. Pray for both of them. Got a text in this morning asking us to pray for Kinley. And Kinley had an injury yesterday at a basketball game, fell and hit her head. They've given us permission to share their names. Let me remind you that when you give us permission to share the names, we can share it. Otherwise, we want to honor those requests. And we don't share names unless you give us permission. Okay? And the phone number again, as we continue our prayer time, we've gone over. We've gone over this morning, but we're going to finish up here in just a few minutes. Okay? We're just going to spend some time with the Lord this morning. Praising it for the things that he's done. 870 to our new listeners. Thank you for joining with us here on the Community Prayer Time Network for our Community Prayer Time. Our Prayer Time family joins every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday, to pray together. Pray for Kinley having headaches after that head injury yesterday. Lord, pray for her today. Lord, we pray for her. We lift her up right now. Pray that you'd help her today. And we pray for another young man in eighth grade over in DeWitt waiting for a heart transplant. Lord, would you help him today? Maybe today would be the day that they get a phone call. That they've found a match. A heart that would work for this young man. Lord, he's got his whole life seemingly ahead of him. He's been in the hospital since the summer. I can't imagine, can you? Help him today, Lord. Continue to pray for a pastor who's... Back in the summer, his son passed away, and they didn't find out until just last week. Lord, we pray right now for this pastor and his wife. Lord, we want to love on them, encourage them, and help them today. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, as we lift them up in prayer. Continue to pray for Miss Pat as she continues to walk through the process of her husband, Terry, going home to be with the Lord. Pray for West Acres Baptist Church as they walk through this process with her and together as a church family, you pray for them as their pastor went home to be with the Lord. Pray for our pastorless churches over in Morrow, Marvel First Baptist, and West Acres Baptist. We pray for our first responders and our military. We pray for our men that are in the Marines and ladies too, all of our service men and women. But right now, we've just got the names of some men that we've been praying for each and every day. Lord, we lift them up to you. And we pray for our president today, President Joe Biden. We pray for his wife, Dr. Jill Biden. And uh, Lord, we pray for Vice President Harris. We pray for their salvation. We pray that you would guide, direct their hearts. Would you place around them effective witnesses, but then also 
put around them others who will give them wise counsel. And Lord, I pray today in the mighty name of Jesus that even what the devil intends for evil, that you would bring out good. Help them in Jesus' name. Help them today, Lord. And as we close our prayer time this morning, Lord, would you direct our steps, guide our paths. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by you. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's our good news verse today, Galatians 5 and 25. I tell you, it's been good, hasn't it, to hear these great reports. We didn't get to all the prayer requests this morning, but you know what? Our time is gone. We're going to hear from Pastor Jeff. Go to a quick break real quick. Hear from Pastor Jeff with From His Heart every weekday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. Central Time. I tell you, Pastor Jeff is doing a great job going through the Psalms right now. And if you're missing it, oh, you're missing out on a great blessing. Listen to this. Here's Pastor Jeff. Here's Pastor Jeff Shreve with some real hope. Have you ever gotten so caught up in your own little world, in your own problems, that you miss the faces of people all around you? That can happen to me if I'm not careful. And many people desperately need a hug, a touch, a word of encouragement to remind them that the Lord knows and cares. Remember, as Christians, we are here on this earth to be a witness and to be a blessing to others. We're here to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. So let me encourage you to ask the Lord to make you extra sensitive and observant to the people you encounter each day. Make it your practice to look into their faces and look into their eyes. The old adage is surely true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. God wants to use you to be Jesus with skin to a lost and hurting world because that provides real hope. Find real hope in Jesus Christ. Visit fromhisheart.org. It's time now for the Mefford Minute with Janet Mefford. What's the most important thing for President Biden to do in the next year? Leave office. That was the top response among 1,000 registered voters responding to a new USA Today Suffolk poll. 20% said Biden should resign, retire, or quit. 11% said he should fix the economy. And 8% said he should unite the country and fix the border crisis. Guess how many cared about climate change, which the Biden administration uses as a constant excuse to shut down pipelines and usher in a faux green economy to implement Marxism, 3%. This comes as both Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris's approval numbers have tanked to 38% and 28% respectively, while Goldman Sachs says we can expect inflation to continue to rise. This is no way to run a country. Pray we still have a country to fix after these radicals leave office. I'm Janet Mefford. For more of Janet's perspective, listen to Janet Mefford today or online at JanetMefford.com. And that's Janet Mefford weekdays at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Central Standard Time. You'd love to hear her program as she shares some insightful information. Our trivia question on this Wednesday morning, 25 to 34-year-olds do this more than any other age group in order to save money. Now, if you're thinking of some ways to save money so that way you can be able to give to missions, oh, we are familiar with some great mission opportunities. Yes, we are. The Community Prayer Time Network, listener-supported Christian radio, music, and programming, 24 hours a day. It costs money. GIMI Global Impact Missions, it costs money. International Mission Board, North American Mission Board, church planting across the state of Arkansas. Lottie Moon coming up here in December. 
first week of December, we're going to receive our Lottie Moon mission offering here at First Baptist Church of Lambrook. And here's a way that you can save some money in order to give to missions. 24, 25 to 34 year olds do this more than any other age group. It's, it's going to blow your mind when you find out the answer here in just a minute. 870-205-0600. Keys for kids coming up in just a few minutes. And we're going to have our trivia right now. Text us in 870-205-0600. we got a free devotion we're going to put in the mail to you. If you can guess, the first person to guess correctly the answer, 25 to 34-year-olds do this more than any other age group in order to save money. Here's Chris Tomlin. It's titled Sing, Sing, Sing. We've got just a little bit more than one minute left here on the Community Prayer Time Trivia Question. 25 to 34-year-olds do this more than any other age group in order to save money. And you send in those answers. Let us know what you think the answer is this morning. The first person to answer it correctly, we're going to put a devotional in the mail to you. 870-205-0600. And one of the answers, make a budget. Hey, that's a great idea. I think everybody ought to live off of a budget that helps us to spend within our means instead of spending beyond our means, right? Yeah. I was taught to do a budget, and that helps us to be more disciplined. Not the answer we're looking for, though. Good guess. And uh, this is a good one. I, I like this. This is pretty cool. This is another thing that somebody taught me. Not the answer we're looking for, but uh, pay yourself. Yeah, pay yourself. You know, make sure that you pay your tithe. Honor the Lord with the tithe. 100% of everything that we get belongs to the Lord anyway, right? And so we give back to the Lord. We give the missions. 
Uh, pay yourself after you take care of those things. That's a great thing because you know what it does? It keeps you excited about earning money, getting up in the morning and going to work every single day. That's a way to save money. Not the answer we're looking for, though. 870-205-0600. Let us know what you think it is. 25 to 34-year-olds do this more than any other age group in order to save money. Jason Crabb up next. It's titled Before. Keys for Kids with Zach coming up in three minutes. It's 7.43 Central Time. It's easy to bless you When the valley's behind me It's easy to trust you When my world is not unwinding But this is the darkest midnight That my soul has ever seen so I will stand my ground, lift my hands to you and sing. Before the prayer is answered, before the battle's won, before the struggle is over, before the healing comes, I will choose to trust you. Here's an answer. This is one that I didn't expect to see this morning. You know, most people think that 25 to 34 year olds are in debt over their heads. And usually that would be the case. But here's an answer that says that many, and this isn't the one we're looking for, but many are paying as they go for regular expenses like food and fuel, utilities, clothing. Things that you might would normally swipe that credit card for, don't swipe it, <laughs> okay? Don't swipe it. Stay away from the credit cards, man. It'll help you. It, it, it'll keep your sanity, won't it? Yes, it will. And uh, if you, you have that credit card, it's a lot easier just to swipe it. And before you know it, you're not able to give to missions. You're not as easily able to help others because you're focused on paying off that interest and paying off the principal just stay away from them i'm a firm believer in it not the answer we're looking for great great answer though 870-205-0600 if you're just joining with us it's our trivia time here on the community prayer time network morning show 870-205-0600 25 to 34 year olds do this more often than any other age group why do they do it they want to save money. Brian, what do you think it is this morning over at Pop Pop's Bait and Tackle? One of our ministry partners. We've got a prayer box at Pop Pop's Bait and Tackle. If you've got a prayer need, you can stop by and visit with Brian at Poplar Grove, right off of Highway 49. His phone number, 870-228-1028. Thank you, Brian, for supporting the Community Prayer Time Network. Also, thank you to Melwood Grocery, Miss Shelley. Oh, tell you what, did anybody go by and get some of those tacos yesterday for Taco Tuesday? Here's another answer. This is a good one. This isn't the one we're looking for, but maybe uh, stay home 
more often, right? Yeah, don't go out and eat as much. Stay Ooh, that might have just hit something. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to hold off. Keys for Zach. Keys for Kids with Zach is coming up. And uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to finish out the trivia question. We're going to give you the answer right after this four-minute moment with Zach. It isn't fair. I got cut from the team, but Ivy made it. I did way better than she did in tryouts. I'm sorry you didn't make the team. Just remember that life isn't always fair, but God is. Do you wish that life was fair? Me too. Stick around and let's talk about it at Keys for Kids. I wish life was fair, don't you? But when sin entered the world, everything got messed up. And people don't always treat each other the way they should, and that makes life unfair sometimes. But when bad things come your way, don't be mad. Be glad. Here's the advice of Jesus' brother James in James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Our story today is called Not Fair. I didn't make the basketball team, Mom. Evelyn slumped down in a chair. I'm not bragging or anything, but I am a good basketball player, you know. Yes, you are, agreed Mom. But there were only two openings on the team, and the coach had to choose, didn't she? Who did make it? Jenna did. We all expected that. She's good. But the coach chose Ivy for the other opening. In the tryouts, I made lots more baskets than Ivy did, and I dribbled the ball longer, too. But her dad is a teacher at school, and I think that's why she made it. It's not fair. Mom sighed. I suppose that may be possible. If you really believe that, perhaps you should ask the coach about it. But be careful not to make accusations you can't prove. It may simply be that Ivy has some qualities needed on the team. Whatever happens, remember that life isn't always what we consider fair. I know, Evelyn said, and that's just not fair. Remember the verse you learned a few weeks ago from the book of James? asked Mom. It says we should be joyful when we face trials. Evelyn frowned. Easy for James to say, she muttered unhappily. Think so? asked Mom. I'm sure you know that the early church faced a lot of persecution. Scholars tell us that many, if not all, of the apostles were martyrs. They were killed for their faith. James was one of them. Well, then he probably didn't think life was fair either, Evelyn admitted. I guess it wasn't so easy for him. I guess not, agreed Mom. But he and other members of the early church were willing to face very unfair situations because they wanted people to know about Jesus, who died for our sins, even though he was the perfect son of God. Talk about unfair. He took the punishment we deserved because he loves us. And when we face unfairness in our lives, we can do it with a joyful attitude, knowing it's an opportunity for us to grow in our faith and show others the love of Jesus. Okay, said Evelyn. I'll keep that in mind when I talk to the coach tomorrow. So, how about you? Have you ever been treated unfairly? In today's Bible reading, Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in jail for helping someone. That wasn't fair, but instead of complaining, they sang. God used them through that experience to bring more people to Jesus. And he can also use you. 
Sometimes it may help to discuss the situation with others involved. It may not be easy, but you can face unfair situations with a joyful attitude because of what Jesus did for you. Our key verse is James 1-2. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And our key thought today, be joyful in unfair situations. Hey, Mom and Dad, it is easier than ever to get the Keys for Kids stories delivered right to you every day. All you got to do is check your email. Sign up at keysforkids.org slash subscribe. It's a super easy way to share it with your kids or to pass it on to friends and family. Remember, it's keysforkids.org slash subscribe. I'm Zach. Thanks for listening to Keys. This is Young Logan. Thank you for listening to the radio. Jesus is risen. And he's coming again, so be ready. And keys for Zach, uh, kids with Zach, keys for kids with Zach every weekday, 740 Central Standard Time, and again in the afternoons at 3.30. Our trivia this morning, if you're just joining with us, 25 to 34-year-olds do this more than any other age group in order to save money. The last response we got just a moment ago before we went to the break, stay home. Yes, stay home. Not the answer we're looking for, Miss Kathy. Great guess. And uh, Miss Diane, I think you submitted this one here. Couponing is the answer. Couponing, Miss Diane. Now you know what happened to the lady who was uh, sentenced to 12 years in prison just recently. Fined 31.8 million dollars in coupon fraud. Not the answer we're looking for. That's a lot more money. We're talking about saving money. <laughs> okay. Yep, not couponing. Good guess, though. That is a great answer. I know Katie probably put you up to that one. Penny shopping. Yeah, a little bit of all the above. The answer this morning is, I told you it's going to blow your mind. You're not going to believe it. That 25 to 34-year-olds do this more than any other age group. And the answer, eat leftovers. I couldn't believe it. I hate leftovers when I was younger, but now... I kind of like them because it does get expensive when you're eating out. Most meals, most families eat out three to four times a week. But you know what, 34-year-olds, they do this to save money. They eat leftovers. And take the money that you would have used when you were eating out, eat leftovers, and use the money that you would have spent. Give it to missions. Use it for the glory of God. Our daily Bible reading, Galatians 5, coming up right after Mercy Me finishes this song, Word of God Speak.
Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You, you shall, shall love, love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And that's our daily Bible reading, Galatians chapter 5, here on the Community Prayer Time Morning Show. Tomorrow we will be in Galatians chapter 6, wrapping up Paul's letter to the church at Galatia. And we'll be following into Ephesians, the church at Ephesus, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Marvel First Baptist Church in uh, Marvel is a drop-off location for the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. Drop-off times, uh, November the 9th, November the 15th, sorry, November the 15th through the 22nd. And if you like the time slots available for those dates, you can text me 
205-600-2050-205-0600 or contact Nick Davis at 870-995-3057. Again, that's 870-995-3057. It's 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. Here's Dr. Adrian Rogers. Love worth finding. And following the programming today from Love Worth Finding, we're going to hear a clip from Anthony Banks, our missions church planting pastor that we're praying for today in Marion, Arkansas. From the Love Worth Finding studios in Memphis, Tennessee, I'm Byron Tyler here with Carrie Vaughn, the CEO of Love Worth Finding. Carrie, Adrian Rogers continues in our series, Live Like a King. And it's about King David. And I, hey, we relate to King David. He was, he was a remarkable man and a warrior who knew many victories. But perhaps, Byron, the best victory he learned was how to overcome his own spirit, which is hard to do, by the way. That can be very hard for each of us to do. You know, an example of King David, he had highs, he had lows in his life. But through it all, there was the steadfast trust that his hope was in God. And, and there was also the ability to yield. And I think that is a great ingredient in a true leader. Well, Carrie, that is exactly what Adrian Rogers is going to reference today in our message, How to Behave in a Cave, Part 1. We'll see in our text, 1 Samuel 24, where David is hiding in a cave after King Saul has put a bounty on his head. I mean, by this time, King Saul has gone rogue, and he's, he's being influenced by evil spirits. And the authority is out of control, but David still humbles himself and shows respect for that authority. Dr. Rogers would say that you can never be over what you're not willing to be under. And so what David displays here, Byron, is true kingdom authority. Well, Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That can be hard sometimes. That can be hard sometimes when you know that you can uh, capitalize on the victory. But David, again, yielded. And I, I love this sermon. I love this message. Well, we always enjoy hearing from our Love We're Finding listeners. I think you have a great listener letter right now. I do. It says, Adrian Rogers is the best preacher. We would agree with that, by the way. <laughs> His sermons help me study the Bible and learn God's Word for myself. He has taught me to not be ashamed of Jesus and to share the love of Christ. Keep up the good work. You know, I think the best work as Christians is to truly just behave and understand who we are, but more importantly, who we represent. Well, that reminds me back to what Adrian Rogers says, that David never won a greater victory than he won that day in a cave, a victory over self, a victory over Saul, and a victory over sin, which we all want to do. Absolutely, and the Spirit of God was in David, and, and that's how we want to live our life. The greatest victory that we'll ever have will be the victory of your own spirit, and I, I think that's what we see here in this message, how to behave in a cave. Well, we're getting close to the Christmas season, and we have a resource just in time for Christmas called 25 Days of Anticipation. Hey, it's inspired by the teachings of Adrian Rogers. It's a new resource that will lead you in an Advent study of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled when he came to earth. And it's a 25 Days of Anticipation. is truly, Byron, just a mini Bible study that is sure to enrich your life and also the lives of others around you. 25 Days of Anticipation is a resource available at lwf.org, lwf.org, and you can go and learn more about this resource and a lot of other resources. By the way, 
the series we're in, all of the messages in Live Like a King, if you happen to miss one, they are available also at lwf.org. Well, with today's message, How to Behave in a Cave, Part 1, here's Adrian Rogers. Now turn, please, to 1 Samuel, Chapter 24. We're talking on the life of David, how to live like a king. And we come now to a very interesting episode in the life of David. And it came to pass, when Saul was returning from following the Philistines, that it was told him, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi, or Engedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men upon the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepcoats, by the way, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to cover his feet. And incidentally, this place is full of caves, and it was not too very far from here that the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And Saul went in to cover his feet, and David and his men remained in the sides of the cave. Now Saul went in there to relieve himself and to refresh himself, and as he went into the cave, his eyes, of course, used to that dazzling, brilliant desert sun, could not see David and his men as they were sequestered there in the crooks and nannies of that cave. They were back there in the shadows. They saw Saul, but he could not see them. And so they're back there. And the men of David said unto him, said to David, Behold the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy into thine hand, that thou mayest do to him as it shall seem good unto thee. Then David arose. And they were thinking as David went forward with a dagger in his hand, he's going to plunge this dagger into the back of the unsuspecting Saul, his enemy. And David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily, that is, secretly, with that razor-sharp knife. Saul not aware, perhaps now he stretched himself out to sleep for just a few moments on the cool earth, and David takes that razor-sharp knife, and he slits Saul's skirt and just gets a handful of the garment, and then he backs back into the back of the cave. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. So David stayed his servants with these words and suffered them not to rise against Saul. But Saul rose up out of the cave and went on his way. Now, it's one of the most remarkable stories in all of the Bible. David was a young warrior, and David had won some mighty victories. When he was just a little boy, he slew a lion and a bear. And he, when he was not much older, he killed mighty Goliath and cut off Goliath's head with Goliath's own sword. Later on, David led a foray against the Philistines, and David won that battle. But the battle, the greatest battle David ever won, in my estimation, is this one right here. So I want to speak to you tonight on this subject, how to behave in a cave. We're going to talk about how uh, God's people ought to act when they come to the situation that David found himself in. Now, what was the great victory that David won? It was a victory over self. 
And friend, there is no greater victory than the victory over self. Just put down in the margin of your Bible, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. The Bible says there, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. The greatest victory that you'll ever win is victory over yourself. Alexander the Great was a great warrior, and it is said that by the time he was 33 that Alexander the Great had conquered the known world and wept because there were no more worlds to conquer, and yet in a fit of passion and anger, Alexander the Great destroyed his own friends, and later he destroyed his own life through drink, and he died an untimely death. He conquered the world, but he could not conquer himself. To conquer one's own spirit is a greater victory than to take the fortress of a foe. There's another victory very close to it, and that is this, to refuse to take vengeance and revenge on one's enemy when you have the opportunity to do so. And David won both of these victories this day. First of all, he won a victory over self, and then he won a victory over Saul. Not by killing Saul, but by letting Saul live. Not by doing Saul evil, but by doing Saul good, David won the greatest victory. This is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 21, where the Bible says, we're not to be overcome with evil, but we are to overcome evil with good. The way to kill evil is not with a dagger, but with a heart full of love. Now, I want you to notice three things as we look at this passage of Scripture. The first thing I want you to notice is a great principle. A great principle. What was the principle that David understood? It was the principle of spiritual authority. Look again in verses 5 and 6. And it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. Just because he'd acted with disrespect toward Saul, how tender was the heart of David. David is conscience smitten because he's not even acted with respect toward Saul. Not that uh, many people would have thought, well, surely he would have slain Saul. And the average person would have said, all is fair in love and war. He's your enemy. He's trying to kill you. You do him before he does you. And that's what the average person would have said. But David's heart uh, smote him because he'd cut off Saul's skirt. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed, to stretch forth mine hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Now just turn over to chapter 26 and look in verse 9, and you get the same thought. Because... Another situation arose very similar to this one. And David said to Abishai, Destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David understood the principle of spiritual authority. David knew that even though Saul was not right with God, David knew that even though Saul was undeserving, David knew that even though Saul meant his harm, David knew that Saul was his God-given authority, and David refused to have a rebellious spirit against his authority. Now, with that in mind, I want you to put a bookmark here in 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I want us to turn to Romans chapter 13. I want us to see the New Testament interpretation of what happened here in 1 Samuel 24. And believe you me, it really applies tonight. 
Romans chapter 13, let's look. You're going to see a principle that David discovered a long time before the New Testament. And you're going to understand why David was called a man after God's own heart. Here's what the Bible says in this passage. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Now the word powers here means authorities. And he's talking here about civil authorities as we're going to see. He's talking really about the Roman government because that's when this was written. And that's to whom this was written, the people of Rome. For there is no authority, no power, but of God. And the powers, the authorities that be, are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, that is the civil magistrate, the authority, the government, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power or of that authority? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he, your authority, the one that is set over you, the, the magistrate, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he, the civil magistrate, the ruler, is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Therefore or wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, not only because you're going to get punished if you don't, but for conscience sake, not only because of outward pressure, but because of inward pressure. And for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they, and that means we pay our taxes, because they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now that's what the New Testament says about a principle that David had discovered so long ago in the Old Testament. And let's just go back now and look at Romans 13 one more time. I want you to notice who are the subjects of spiritual authority. Look in verse 1, let every soul be subject. Now, how many of you think that means you? Lift your hand. Thank you. You understood. All right. Let every soul be subject. You are not excluded. This, ladies and gentlemen, means you. But not only notice the, the, the subject of spiritual authority, I want you to notice the source of spiritual authority. Continue to read. For there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. Authority comes from God. God upholds, the Bible says, all things with the word of his power or with the word of his authority. Jesus said, all authority is given unto me. And so all authority literally comes from God. And any civil authority or any spiritual authority or any domestic authority really has authority that roots from God. And so really, if you stand against that authority, you are really standing against God. And you're sinning not against your authority, you're sinning against God. Look in verse 2. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. The subjects of authority all, the source of authority it comes from God. The sin of rejecting authority is this. When you reject those whom God has put over you, ladies and gentlemen, you do not reject that person, you reject God himself. 
you withstand God. And therefore notice the seriousness of authority. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Now that does not mean that you'll go to hell. That isn't what it means here. The word damnation may mean to go to hell. But what he means here is this, that you're going to receive the judgment of God. God in his own way is going to uh, create a punishment that will fit the crime. There is no way that you can have a rebellious spirit and be right with God. Now Saul was God's spiritual authority. Saul was the man that had been anointed king over Israel. He was not a good man. He was an apostate man. He was a man out of fellowship with God. He was a wicked man. He was seeking David's life. And yet David understood a spiritual principle that many modern Americans do not understand. It is the principle of spiritual authority. What was the sin of Saul, by the way, that caused Saul to lose his blessing? Go back to 1 Samuel 24 and then turn left to chapter 15 for a moment. Look, if you will, in chapter 15, and you're going to understand something more about spiritual authority that Saul did not understand. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, let's look in verse 22. And Samuel said, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now look in verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Saul lost his kingship because he would not submit to his spiritual authority. Who was Saul's spiritual authority? Samuel the prophet. Samuel was a man of God. And Samuel had told Saul, now Saul, this is what you're to do. You are to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And rather than destroying all that uh, God said to destroy, no, not just the men, the women, but also the animals, Saul spared King Agag, and he also spared the best of the flocks. And Saul said, well, the reason I did that is I'm going to sacrifice those animals to the Lord. Now, I want you to notice what Samuel said to him. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, what, what is the sin of witchcraft? The sin of witchcraft is following the devil. It is dabbling in the occult. Well, why did he say that rebellion is like witchcraft? You are never more like the devil when you're rebellious. You see, the devil himself became the devil by rebelling against spiritual authority. Read Isaiah chapter 14. When the devil rebelled against the authority of God, he said, I will be like the Most High God. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. And he became, therefore, the devil. And any time you have a rebellious spirit, you are practicing witchcraft. Now, people don't understand that. You are placing yourself in the devil's domain. Do you want me to tell you the difference between Saul and David? Pay close attention. David was a man after God's own heart. Saul was a man after Satan's own heart. Saul had the principles of Satan. He was a man after the devil's heart. And therefore, because Saul refused to be under, he no longer could be over. And the Bible says in verse 23 that he was rejected from being king. Now remember this. All authority is mediated. It all comes from God, but it comes down. 
and it is mediated authority. And if you rebel against the authority that God has placed over you, you're not rebelling against the man, but you are rebelling against the authority of God that is in that man, and therefore you are rebelling against God. Now, even though God had rejected Saul, Saul was still on the throne. He was still the king of Israel. He was still David's king. And because he was David's king, David had no right whatsoever to touch or to harm the Lord's anointed. And David's heart smote him. Go back to chapter 24 and look at it again. And so it came to pass afterward that David's heart smote him because he had cut off Saul's skirt. This is 1 Samuel 24, verse 5. And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed. That old rotten king, that old man eaten up with envy, that old man again from whom the Lord had withheld his power and taken his power away, that man that was under the judgment of God, that man who would ultimately die ignominiously a suicide, yes, he was still the king. And because he was the king, David recognized what uh, Romans chapter 13 teaches and what the rest of the Bible teaches, that we must be submissive to our spiritual authorities. You know, I'm amazed today at the way some people talk about those in government. If they don't like the president, they just uh, curl the lip at the president. We feel so free today to criticize the governor, to criticize the mayor, to criticize the police force. And sometimes we do it in front of our children. And when we do it in front of our children, we are building into our children a spirit of rebellion and we'll rue the day we did it. We need to be careful about an attitude of rebellion because it is going to generate rebellion in our children and generate rebellion in our land. And I am amazed and appalled at the way people speak evil against dignitaries. And this rebellion can be inward as well as outward. David did nothing outward to harm Saul, but David's heart smote him just because he had a disrespectful attitude by cutting off a portion of the skirt of Saul, and David was so tender toward God. Now, I want to say something else here, and I've got so much to say here, I'm never going to get it all said, but I want you to look in verse 4. And the men of David said unto him, Behold, the day of which the Lord said unto thee, Behold, I will deliver thine enemy in thy hand, that thou mayest do to him as it seemed good unto thee. Then David arose and cut off the skirt of Saul's robe privily. Now, pay attention. Here is Saul. He comes into this cave. He cannot see. He is completely, totally defenseless. David's men said, This is it, David. What an opportunity. Look, God has delivered him into your hand. This is God's promise to you. This is the day that you're going to do him in. David, this is doubtless from God. Do it, David. Kill him, David. And just one stroke of that dagger, and David would have been free, no longer suffering. Farewell to poverty. Farewell to persecution. Farewell to reproach. Farewell to sneers. Hello to triumph. Hello to riches, hello to power, hello to praise. All he had to do was plant that dagger in the back of King Saul, and he would have been automatically king, for he had already been anointed to be king. But had he done that, he'd have lost his song, and we'd not know him as a man after God's own heart. 
we would not know him as the sweet singer of Israel. He would have lost his song. It would have been silenced forever. But here's the point. You had better be careful of operating on appearances rather than principle. It appeared to everybody that this was of God. And the average person would have said, look what God has done and take advantage of it. And the thing that kept David from getting into deep, 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 deep trouble was that he understood principle. Now you better learn to live by principle and not by appearance. The great challenge for us today that we would learn to live that way by principle, not by appearance. Maybe as you've listened today, you have questions about who Jesus is, what he means to you, how to begin a relationship with God. We invite you to our Discover Jesus page. Go to our website. You'll find resources and materials that will answer questions you may have about placing your faith in Christ. Go to lwf.org radio and click the tab that says Discover Jesus. Well, thank you for joining us for our study in God's Word today. Make sure you sign up for our daily heartbeat emails. You'll get daily devotions and message links sent straight to your inbox. Just go to lwf.org radio to find out more. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of How to Behave in a Cave right here on Love Worth Finding. And we'd like to say thank you for tuning in right here on the Community Prayer Time Network. To hear the great programming of the late Dr. Adrian Rogers, Love Worth Finding. Weekday mornings at 8 a.m. and then again in evenings at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time in Spanish at 9 o'clock Central Standard Time in the evenings. Thank you to LNW Gulf Breeze Real Estate and Title Company located in Perry, Florida, supporting the Community Prayer Time Network, a great ministry partner. And their motto, a good name, is rather to be chosen than great riches. Proverbs 22, verse 1. Visit their website to see all of their latest property listings, rental properties, title services. That's gulfbreezerealestate.net. Today we're praying for one of our church planting pastors, Anthony, and his wife, uh, the Banks family. And they are church planting in Marion, Arkansas. And just as I told you in the 7 o'clock hour, coming up in just a minute, right after this song, we're going to hear a great preaching clip from Brother Anthony Banks, church planting pastor in Marion, Arkansas. Enjoy this. He's never lost a battle. Aren't you thankful for that today, folks? He's never lost a battle. Enjoy this. You never lost the battle, I know you never lost the battle, and I know.
Yes, he's never lost a battle. That's Rock Springs Worship, reminding us that every battle belongs to the Lord, and he's never lost a battle. It's 8.30 Central Standard Time here on the Community Prayer Time Network. Here's Mercy Me, best news ever. Some say don't give up and hope that your good is good enough. Head down, keep on working. If you can earn it, you deserve it. Some say push on through. After all, it's the least that you can do. But don't buy what they're selling. Couldn't be further from the truth. What if I were the one to tell you? news ever some say don't ask for help god helps the ones who help themselves so press on get it right otherwise get left behind some say he's keeping score so try hard then try a little more but hold up if this were true explain to me what the cross is for If you're just joining with us on this Wednesday morning, the 10th day of November, let me welcome you and say thank you for joining with us here on the Community Prayer Time Network, our good news verse, Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. That's our good news today from Galatians 5.25. It was so good to join with our Facebook viewers just a few moments ago to remind them that Anthony Banks is going to be joining with us by recording. We're going to share with you a sermon clip from one of his recent messages that he preached. And we want to pray today as we continue to have special prayer for Anthony and Crystal Banks, a husband and wife couple that are partnering together to plant the New Beginnings Church in Marion, Arkansas, right here in the Delta. And we're thankful for the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, the passion and the missions and all the things that are happening uh, with their vision to plant churches across the state and lives are being saved, souls are being saved, lives being changed for eternity. 
And so we have special prayer today for Brother Anthony Banks and the potential work that he is doing right here in the Delta. Here's a sermon clip from Brother Anthony Banks, and it's about a minute and a half. Enjoy it. Listen closely. It's going to be hard to hear in some spots because of the uh, the way that I was able to receive the audio, but I went on there and stripped it off of Facebook. So listen to this. I believe it to be a blessing to you. And Miss Tina George, I don't know if you're listening this morning. He's preaching on your favorite verse. Whatsoever things are pure, honest, lovely, just, of good virtue, of good report. If there's any virtue of praise, let us think on these things. Here's Dr. Anthony Banks. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Think about that this morning. If you're worried about materialistic things, you're going to miss him. That's Brother Anthony Banks, New Beginnings Church Plant in Marion, Arkansas. We join with him and his wife in prayer, asking God to use them to do a great work in Jesus' name. Give them favor with God, favor with man. Provide for their needs in Jesus' name. Bye. 